You're listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, an award-winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Brandon is here from the Future of Mobility podcast, and I'm excited to actually have another podcaster on the show. So Brandon, how are you this afternoon? Yeah, doing well. Thanks, Elaine. Appreciate the uh, opportunity here. It should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would love for everyone to get to know you a little bit better if they aren't already subscribed to your podcast and listening to all of your fabulous episodes. So give us a little bit more background about your story, your experience in the automotive and manufacturing industry, all of the things. Bring us up to speed. Happy to. So yeah, I host Future Mobility Podcast. I've been doing that for a little over three years now. Also, my Day job is vice president and general manager at Edison Manufacturing and Engineering, which is a niche contract manufacturer focused on assembly of complex mobility and energy products. And a bit of background. So studied mechanical engineering, started my career at Boeing in low volume manufacturing as a, as a process engineer, spent a little over five years at a engineering services company, FEV, where through that time we were working with companies to develop the future of safe and sustainable transportation, all types of decarbonization systems and components and vehicles with full battery electric and hybridization and fuel cell electric vehicles and the future of the internal combustion engine and all all these exciting things. And, And through that experience, I really developed a passion for safer and more sustainable transportation. And really that led me to lean into the work and then also led me to start this future mobility podcast in which I talk to people who are leading that charge and creating the future of safe, sustainable, effective, and accessible transportation. And uh, yeah, I've been doing that for a little over three years, actually, through this process, both at FEV and then also through the podcast, I found one of the big gaps was how you make the transition from developing a new technology to then actually getting that out in the world and making an impact with that technology, which requires you to actually build the thing and build a company around it. And I was still to find Edison was approaching that specific issue and serving as kind of that enabler, the conduit, taking companies from the one-off, two-off kind of prototype into lower volume niche production. And so now we're working with companies throughout the electrification space in hydrogen fuel cells, as well as autonomous vehicles and a few other segments as well. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. No, it's so fascinating. Your background is so, so killer. So I would love for you to just give an example of the type of vehicle. Are we talking about like the uh, the little dominoes EVs that are rolling around? Like what are the kinds of EV vehicles that you guys work on? Can you give an example? It's a few different flavors. So some of it is startups that we're working with who are transitioning in. And um, I, I can't speak specific names necessarily, but one company we're working with is doing EV conversions for classic cars. And part of that requires to build, you know, specific, unique product. And so high voltage junction boxes and the management of the high voltage electronics is something that's required there. And Edison is the partner who's building that. So you might be surprised. So startups is one of the companies also we're working with some large companies who have been manufacturing stuff for a long time. And one of the companies that we're talking with and should be kicking things off with soon here is a established automotive global OEM who has this product that 
doesn't look quite like what they usually build, right? So they're very good at building millions of cars. And now this is a high voltage electrification product that doesn't quite fit that mold. And thus it no longer fits the traditional manufacturing process. So Edison, we take a capital light approach, we call it. And really the difference is rather than using a bunch of automation and upfront fixtures and capital investments, we're able to come in and build in a way that makes sense for the state of the product and grow with the product. So we're offering this company a huge, it's something like a 90% saving on upfront capital to come in and build this new product that is for a, a niche market or a new area that they're playing in. That's so fascinating. I love it. Well, maybe when that OEM comes to market with that vehicle, you can say, hey, I was involved in, in that yeah, hopefully. process. Yeah, exactly. So that deserves a follow-up. But so you talked a little bit about battery and battery development. So being your expertise and how Edison is helping, you know, large and small companies with electrification, where do you see the most exciting developments in terms of battery, right? For good or for bad, battery health is really at the center of total cost of ownership. Should I go electric? So talk a little bit more, Brandon, about exciting developments in the areas of battery yeah, and it's it's an interesting space and in a few different facets. So one, I mean, the existing technology is improving drastically and you know, where where it was, you know, a decade ago compared to today is kind of night and day. And one of the fun things with the podcast is I get to talk to people who are running some of these newish companies or some of them have been around for 10, 15 years, but now are finally their technology, whether it's solid state or lithium silicon or what whatever it is, might be is on the cusp of being able to come into production. I think you you touched on some of the things really, I mean, energy density is, is huge. The ability to have longer life, the ability to utilize materials and scarce materials and minerals in a way that is getting the most bang for the buck, given the challenge, the cost, and also the limited nature of some of the materials that go into battery packs. So finding ways to drive out certain elements and then introducing others, I, I think is right at the front of it. But one of actually the most exciting thing for me personally, given some of the, the space that we're playing in is how all of this awesome work in the on-road automotive space for electrification is fueling the decarbonization of other areas as well. So when I talk about mobility, it's generally movement of goods and people, which is a huge realm, right? So we're talking as well as on-road personal vehicles, let's think rideshare, let's think commercial on-road vehicles, as well as material handling, construction, forestry, mining, marine, aerospace applications. Like it's a very broad scope here. And we're finding, I think, a much, it's more intertwined than it's ever been. And that the developments in the automotive industry over the last one, two decades are allowing things for decarbonization in these other industries that weren't possible before. And that's one of the things that's most exciting for me mainstream adoption of EVs. Can we do it? Can we get mainstream to yeah. embrace electrification and start trading in their ICE vehicles for EVs? So does battery or new advancements in battery health or battery technology, Does do you feel that that helps the message that you know maybe dealerships, OEMs are giving to Main Street USA? <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll preface by saying, I mean, you you probably know more on this topic than I do, given the the space you're you're in. But yeah, I certainly think it it certainly can't help or can't hurt, and I, I think it also certainly helps um, in that range, anxiety, cost, you know, the the concerns about safety and end of life and warranty and all these like this is part of the equation 
the charging infrastructure needs to come alongside it, but also this aren't two discrete things, right? Like the, the range and the reliability of the vehicle determines the need for the charging infrastructure. And as the charging infrastructure builds up, that'll also lower the bar for what we need from, from EV range. So certainly the battery is a huge piece of it. We need to continue improving there. Also continue improving efficiency in other areas of power electronics and the electric motors and the full vehicle integration and energy management, but also the energy, the charging infrastructure needs to come up alongside it if we're really, really going to have this opportunity for mass adoption and accessibility. Yeah, no kidding. That's the understatement of the year right there. Uh, it needs to uh, absolutely start to evolve. So taking a giant step back, any myths that you would like to dispel around electric vehicles? And you can take this question wherever yeah. you want to take it, Brandon. So the floor is yours. So so I'll give a disclaimer up front because I think talking about electrification, I mean, in some ways is, you know, political charged or almost there's religious like and I think of uh like I know you have experience in like the nutrition and training set I think it's similar right of you get people who fall into certain camps and you can't have a, a discussion I think the most important thing is in my, in my mind the ability for us to maintain focus on the underlying objective which is we are trying to serve the needs of the mobility sector the transportation sector so the movement of goods and people in the way that is demanded by society in a way that is safe and sustainable. And that means that we're not having an outsized negative impact either today or in the future on others. And electrification is a huge piece of that. Battery electric vehicles is right at the center of that. And it's the right solution for many applications. But also, I think the critical thing is that we are able to full-hearted, full steam ahead, pursue this goal of mass adoption of electric vehicles and improving the infrastructure while also realizing that this probably isn't the only solution if we zoom out and look at the whole problem. And there are applications where something like a hydrogen fuel cell makes sense. Probably not in my driveway. I don't think I'll ever have a private use vehicle with a hydrogen fuel cell, but in heavier duty or aerospace applications, probably is going to make sense or areas where the uh, the fueling infrastructure is, is more possible. And even the internal combustion engine, likely in conjunction with a an electric motor and a battery pack in a full or plug-in hybrid application, like I'm not giving up on that necessarily yet, given the work that's being done. And so I think the key myth in my mind is the fact that like there's only one solution in the future, which is full battery electric vehicles in, in every application. I think it's great if we get to that place and we have a charging structure and a renewable energy grid that supports it. But also while we're going down that route, trying to keep our options open and realize that there are other tools in our tool belt that might be right for certain applications. I think that's one of the main things I would point out. Yeah, that's a great point, Brandon, because I think a lot of times we have like this all or nothing attitude a little bit. It's great to hear someone like you who's on the front lines, also interviewing really, really smart people in, in the mobility space. And for you to be saying like, look, we need to keep our options open. We need to, there's not just one specific road that we need to go down. And I love it. I think it's refreshing. And this is why I have you on the show. Um, so just to take a little bit of a detour here and adding a little, little bit of a fun question, just because I'm curious as a, as a fellow podcaster, what do you feel that you've enjoyed the most being a podcaster in the mobility arena? I think it's really the access to information and the ability to have nuanced conversations like this. And it sounds kind of, I don't know, cliche or, or simple, but one of the main reasons I started the podcast, I mentioned I had a passion for 
safer, more sustainable transportation. I also didn't really know what the right path was, right? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of cool stuff being done in a lot of different areas. There's, you know, an autonomous and connected vehicle space as well. Like, how does all this stuff come together and how does this work? And the ability that I've had to talk to the smartest people who are developing all sides of the equation, right? So it's it's the people who are doing the advanced fuel work and improving internal combustion engine, and also the people who are working on hydrogen fuel cells and the people who are doing battery stuff and electric motors and introducing different types of decarbonized solution for transportation sector. I think I have thoroughly enjoyed that process of trying to be more informed in this space and learn along the way. And the tough thing is, even on the tail end of 150 interviews, I still have answers like what I just gave of like a I don't know, the, the real answer is we don't know what the right path is and let's pursue a bunch of things. And like there's the more information you get, the more nuanced and more confusing it gets. But at the same time, I, I really enjoy that process. Yeah. And I would have to agree with you there. It's it's just the cool. I'm going to make my answer really simple. It is just the cool people that you meet along the way. Right. It's, I feel yeah. like and you'll probably agree with this. And you had mentioned about having access to just different thought leaders. And also, too, the really cool thing of it is when I actually get to meet these people in real life, you already have like a touchstone with that person. So yeah, it's it's kind of magical. Now that's a corny answer. So anyway, <laughs> so I, I grabbed the corny answer from you. So Brandon would love for the listeners to obviously subscribe to your podcast. Everybody go and subscribe to Future of Mobility podcast. Go and listen to Brandon. His episodes are amazing. And Brandon, where would you like people to reach out to you or connect with you on the internet? Yeah, thanks. Really appreciate that. And like I said, appreciate coming on here. A lot of fun. Yeah, check out the podcast if any of this is is interesting. And then also uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest place to find me. Shoot me a note, please. I uh, would love to chat anyone who's working in this same area towards a safer and more sustainable future for transportation. Uh, we're all fighting the same battle. Thank you so much for listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. We read every single comment, so thank you in advance. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show, go to EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. That's EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. Until next time, Keep charging forward.